Number 81 sent to the United Center Raptors this past weekend at the United Center. Um, Marion Hosa officially cements his name in Blackhawks lore forever. A great night at the UC, uh, unfortunately ending in a Blackhawks loss at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the story of the entire night, Tyler, was seeing Hosa again, seeing the core guys, the dynasty members back celebrating what is probably, in my opinion, the best two-way forward we've seen come through the the Blackhawks system in our entire lives. That's just my opinion, but I'll kind of let you uh, just kind of give your thoughts on seeing Hosa and seeing him back and what that means for this uh, Blackhawks team. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, it was it, yeah. It's great to see him back. Great to see all those guys back. Just looking at different pictures on Twitter too, of like you know group shots of the guys we saw grow growing up. You know, we we idolized uh, that made me fall in love with the Blackhawks. So like, it was really cool to see them all back together again. Um, and it's cool to honor Hosa, which very very obviously uh, I would argue well, it's easily uh, the biggest free agency signing in Blackhawks history. I could I argue it is the largest free agency in Chicago sports history because um, that yeah. that that signing really catapulted the Hawks into serious contention um, when they meant business back in 2010. Um, I mean, and there's some other obviously notable uh, free agency signings, but like that's the one like you know Dennis Rodman, John Lester, but like that the Hosa one just stands out as the pinnacle of starting a dynasty. That's where it started right there. So. Um, very worthy it was very it was very cool to see him back and i just yeah i it it makes you think about the good old days that's for sure (laughs) definitely and i'm glad you brought it up because you know there's there's debate among the chicago sports fans and this is actually a good debate to have whether you know marion host is the best signing in chicago sports or you know like you met john lester or something like that and that's great because they both came here they were both solidified superstars in their respective sports but i think the thing that gives Marion Hosa the edge in that regard is he came here and they won three championships with him and mm-hmm. you know quite honestly you can make an argument that none of those cups take place without Marion Hosa um sure there's a chance that you know they miss on Hosa they get somebody else you know to, to cement that role because this is a team on the rise anyway but you're not getting three cups if you don't have nope. you don't have Marion Hosa on your team so and you know I just think back to the time when um, he decided to sign with the Blackhawks, they gave him, I think what it was a a 12 year contract at the time. Um, That was the mark to kind of, you know, it it gave the signal to the rest of the league that the Blackhawks were here. They were ready to win. Um, It kind of brought a team that was on the cusp and it pushed them over the edge to to winning. Cementing a dynasty in the league, like, like we both mentioned. So I just, I I look back at some of those teams and I don't, you know, Marion Hosa, is a great addition in and of himself. Like if you can take Hosa anytime, especially at the prime of his career, like when we got him, you would take him. But I think one of the greatest parts about having Marion Hosa was that you plugged him right on your top line. You put him next to Jonathan Taves on the wing. And that really, I think that propelled Taves's career forward because mm. he is a great defensive forward. He does all the little things. Well, he's the back checker. Um, you know, he plays in the penalty kill. So that, I think, elevated Jonathan Taves' game. And the addition then, a couple years later, of bringing Brandon Saad onto the roster, you know, there was a line. It was Hosa, Taves, and Saad. And 
there was always the moniker given to Brandon Saad back then that he was like mini Hosa, the man child, mini Hosa. Mm-hmm. So you look at Marion Hosa's effect on the team with his own play, you know, the effort level, um, the skating ability, the scoring ability, everything. But it's really, I think, Tyler, what, what really made him, you know, just work so well in this team was his ability to elevate the play of those around him. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, the, like you said, just said, the team that he joined was a very young team, a very a team kind of looking to find their way. They were up, they're already on the upswing. Um, I mean, Patrick Kane at the time uh, when Hosa signed, what was he, twenty two years old, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking up right now. Yeah, he was twenty one years old. Jonathan Taze is twenty one years old. You have all these two young superstars, and and you get Brent Seabrook's twenty four, and you got you know uh, Duncan Keith, like all these youngsters that we're just kind of looking for guidance and looking for leadership. And Hosa kind of brought an impression. He came in, he was what, 31 years old, signed a 12 year deal, which is crazy. I believe it was 12 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah but like, yeah, I mean, so he, you signed this guy to a 12 year deal, but it goes to show the value that he brought. We don't ever talk about that contract being a bad contract. Cause he was worth every single penny uh, that he was paid. Um, and he, like you said, he made an impression on the roster, a young roster that needed guidance and that needed just, yeah, leadership there. So he he brought that. He he made there. He made his impression. He uh, helped. Yeah, helped lead guys to the next level. I just I love Marion Hosa, man. I'm and I I miss the days of having a guy like Marion Hosa on our team. A guy that you can always trust. A guy. That, yeah. Yeah. Possess the puck. Possess the strong. Like you never you never felt worried when Marion Hosa had the puck uh, on his stick. But right. I'm, unlike a lot knew, of them. yeah, mm-hmm. you always knew he was going to do the right thing on the ice. Yep. Um, the thing that really I remember from Marion Hosa was just his ability to get in stride and track down whoever had the puck and he was going to take it away from you and he wasn't going to give it back up. Mm-hmm. Like his first two strides, I remember, were just unbelievable. And, you know, he, you knew what you were going to get from him every single night. Um, and, you know, people talk about, you know, Marion Hosa, you know, he didn't play, you know, his entirety of his career in Chicago, but like, just because of what he meant on a nightly basis to the team made him very well deserving. And there was a great clip that was circulating on Twitter that uh, I think it was Marion Hosa was carrying the puck in the offensive zone. And then the other generational talent, uh, you know, of that era was Pal Datsu came mm-hmm. back check, took it away from Hosa, which was already rare to see in and of itself, because like we just said, it, it was Marion Hosa's puck. You're not taking away from him, but, you know, Pavel Datsuk is who he is, he was who he was, and he was going to do that. But the thing that stuck out the most was that, you know, Datsuk takes the puck away, takes it to the neutral zone. He probably has a good three to four stride advantage on Hosa, and here comes Hosa coming back after him. He takes the puck back, and he sets the Blackhawks up on a scoring chance. That was just a, that was just a little clip That's that a I cool. saw. That's awesome. Twitter. That was just kind of like the emblematic Marion Hosa, and, you know, words cannot describe necessarily how important he was to this team. And I just think that, you know, he was of anybody that's, you know, out there for the Blackhawks that was ready to have their number retired. He deserved it, you know, just as much as anybody else. So great move by the Blackhawks. And one thing that was really great to see the other night that I don't think anybody was really expecting was that Eddie Olchek was the Mm. master of ceremonies. Um, You know, he was there. And he's all, he's a Blackhawk for life, you know, even though he's not with us on, you know, in the organization anymore, he's with Seattle. Um, you know, he, he, everyone's always going to remember him for being a Blackhawk, right? So mm-hmm. you know, seeing him back, you know, with the team and the players that he kind of 
called, you know, he was played, you know, color guy for their ascension into hockey royalty, basically, for him to come back and kind of, you know, lead the entire night, basically, was just a great touch for the Blackhawks. It seemed like Eddie was really happy to be back. It seems like he hadn't missed a beat. Um, obviously, the, he was very well received by all the fans. There's nothing, there's no, it, it, it's great to see that there's no kind of butting heads, like he wasn't going to refuse to come back just because of what happened this past uh, offseason with him moving on from the Blackhawks. But I just think that was a great touch that uh, the Blackhawks did really well. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie has every right not to come back, let's be honest, uh, with yeah. the way they, they that he went out. And I know nothing's been confirmed. Decision. Second, I think he's just the classiest guy in the world. Um, he is, yeah, he did want to throw the Hawks under the bus. But that goes to show his love that he had for those guys, the love that he has for this franchise still – like he always, he always bled Blackhawk, you know, you know, Blackhawk blood. That, that's who he was. He, he is this organization. And I, well, having the, having him walk out the door, just, uh, we can do a, do we ever do a whole episode on that? I don't think we ever did, but, um, I can, we, we, we can talk do, about it a little bit, but it, it's worthy of a couple episodes. For sure. I can do a whole <laughs> episode on that. In, in or we can just rant into the, rant into the mic and talk about, yeah, <laughs> what the heck the Blackhawks did. I'm still like, I letting him walk out the door is one of the biggest mistakes he's ever made. Cause man, we won't get into that. Um, going back to Hosa and just what he meant to the franchise. Look at just looking through the pure numbers, which he was in a huge numbers guy, but he never fell below. Uh, number five in terms of points um, on the on the Hawks. He was number four, in, or he was number five in 2010, and that's or in 20, 2009, 2010. And then after that, he was never below four until 2015, when you know he kind of got a little older and fell off. So, I mean, just just that mere fact of production that he brought, um, being in the top five points every single year, just goes to show the impact he made. And you know what, he brought a lot of humongous moments to us you know there's i'm trying to think of there's some you know game winning goals i got the remember the one against the predators that's was yeah. one of the one, my favorites so that, that that there's that one there's the one against the flames but i remember watching it at uh at a buddy's house and then yeah, just just a few memories that i, I wanted to bring up i, I remember hostess so yeah he may, he meant a lot to this franchise yeah i mean it, we would be remiss not to to mention uh Game five overtime goal against Nashville in the first round in 2010. Um, you know, everyone remembers that he was the one that took the five minute major um, with a minute left to go in that game. Um, you know, putting the Blackhawks shorthanded, um, major penalty. The Blackhawks somehow were able to tie the game, um, hold the goalie, uh, tie the game. I think Tanner scored with, I want to say, 13, 14 seconds left in that game. Not it up. And the important detail there is that. That series was tied up at two at that time. Um, the Blackhawks weren't playing their best hockey yet. Um, you know, they were the second seed in that playoffs. Nashville was um, kind of not having their way with the Blackhawks, but kind of making the Blackhawks play outside their comfort zone, I would say. Um, so, you know, just going back to that game, and, you know, Hosa comes out of the penalty box, goes directly to the front of the net, and he scores. He goes from being the villain at, at that point to being the hero of the game. I think that moment and that goal, you know, the Blackhawks didn't look back the rest of the way. They, they were pretty dominant throughout that entire playoff run. I don't think they were going to be denied from that point forward. But if Hosa doesn't score that goal and kind of give the belief to that team um, that, you know, that, that was a special moment that just happened. Maybe we are a team of, of destiny, so to speak. Um, who knows what we're, what we're sitting here talking about. And, then, you know, we know what was coming that summer with the cap purge after the 20. 20- 2010 championship so I mean that was the goal that kind of 
put the Blackhawks dynasty um, in motion, I would say, because we don't know what could have happened if the Blackhawks would have lost that game. You know, it's the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I just think that was the defining moment in Hosa's uh, Blackhawks career. Um, well worthy. And, you know, if there was an award given out to just like the most important, you know, kind of like we had on our, on our Bulls uh, podcast before the season started, where we were talking about maybe not your most valuable player, but your most important player. Mm. Um, if there was an award for that, I, you know, you would put Hosa's name up there every single season, just because of the different roles that he played. You know, he was a point guy in the power play. He could bring a net, but uh, net, net front presence. Um, he was a penalty kill guy. Like he did all the, and I think, you know, the Blackhawks recognizing that was what really what kind of put him towards the top of the list for, you know, his number is going to be hanging forever at the United Center now. So, uh, you know, those were the kind of the moments that, that Marion Hosa had that proved his, his worthiness to the Blackhawks. And I, I it's just funny because I remember thinking back, you know, 2009, the Blackhawks were playing against Hosa against Detroit yeah. um, in the Western Conference final that season back when, back when the Red Wings were still in the Western Conference. And, you know, we, we did not like Hosa at all. You know, he was a dominant mm-hmm. player. I remember he was, he was doing pretty good against us that series. And, you know, he was a Red Wing. And, you know, Red Wings at that time were our biggest rival. We were trying to become the next Red Wings and, you know, kind of kind of take the baton from them in some ways. So getting a guy like that, um, you know, it was – I just remember seeing that. And I was like, oh, Mary Hosa, I don't like that guy. And here we are, you know, 13, 14 years later, <laughs> whatever it is now, we're talking about him as being, you know, the, the, the cog in the machine that made it go. So – um just just funny to look back on that stuff <laughs> yeah, that's funny and it's, it's it's a funny journey for him i believe correct me if i'm wrong he was in the finals with the penguins then he was yep. in the finals with the red wings and then he eventually came to the finals with the blackhawks three years in a row um yeah. and finally, finally got to hoist the cup so that's that's a that's a cool story yeah and i just think you know you you think back on the teams that he was on you know he started his career out in ottawa that's 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 great. He was a longtime senator, and I think he went to Atlanta, you know, with the Thrashers. Um, and I think that's when he was paired down there with Ilya Kovalchuk, throwback from the past, mm. uh, kind of the original Alex Ovechkin in some ways. Um, yeah, and then he goes to Pittsburgh with Crosby Malkin, can't get the job done there. He goes to Detroit the next season against Crosby and Malkin and company and loses to them. And then he's probably thinking, oh, what do I have to do to get a cup? I'm just going to – I need to win a cup. And you know, here he comes and he gets paired with the uh, the two youngsters and, and Taves and Kane. And I remember that first game he played with the Blackhawks. He was on a line with Taves and Kane. Um, and I was just doing some YouTube digging. And it was just, you know, the speed that that team played with and the confidence that they played with was just incredible. I just, I can't wait till we're back at that point again with this Blackhawks team. But we got a long way to go. So it's fun to look back and, and kind of remember what, uh, what it was in the glory days, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So – an interesting topic that we kind of want to go go into here is, you know, we saw all these guys back um, at the United Center, the guys that were, you know, the, the seven dynasty guys, really, that were here for all three Cubs. It was Nick Dalmerson, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Patrick Sharp, Hosa, obviously, and then Taves and Kane. So, I'll, you know, we all know that Hosa is deserving of having his jersey retired, right? But you know, with that being said, um, he only played, you know, he was here for less than 10 seasons and, 
you know, he, he wasn't like, it, it wasn't like he came up through the Blackhawks system and was here, you know, from the get-go of his career and went through the bad times like some of these other guys did and then was able to, to get to the top of the mountain with the Stanley Cup. But, you know, it, it, I think Hosa's jersey retirement opened up some doors um, for these other guys to get retired. Um, maybe not. But, Tyler, I want to get your thoughts on of those – seven let's say and then there are others that we can mention too that might be in that conversation but of those guys that were here for the for the dynasty years which of those guys do you think we will also see their numbers hanging um in the united center raptors one day it's hard because you got an emotional connection to all of them but you really you got to draw a fine line in my opinion um on like who gets their numbers up because i don't think all seven or i got another number in mind as well um, like a Corey Crawford, you know, you got to think about him too. So like, um, I don't know if you get all seven, eight guys up in the, in the rafters, that that might be a a large thing, but I would definitely start with the Conn Smythe winners. Um, no doubt about it. So Keith Taves and Kane, like all those guys numbers up there, no doubt about it. In my opinion, like they made the biggest impact. Um, obviously Kane became like face the franchise, Jonathan Taze, the captain, and Duncan Keith, um, you know, the greatest, arguably the greatest defenseman um, in that era, 2010 to 2015, no doubt yep. about it. So, yep. two-time Norris Trophy winner. Like, I, so those three, in my opinion, are no doubters after Hosa. Like, no doubt. Coming after that, there's a line that, that you can draw. I say we, we could probably see Brent Seabrook get up get up there i, I think because he was came up through the hawk system you know he was born a hawk i should say but he was drafted a hockey you know was, he played for the hawks for 15 seasons uh was he a traffic cone at the end of his career yes but we're not <laughs> judging off that okay so he, he 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 made an impact as well he was a big leader in that locker room and he owns my one of my favorite goals of all time and that's game seven overtime against the red wings coming back three one that was yeah. one of my favorite all-time goals so I'll, I'll never forget that moment so just that alone could put him in there <laughs> but yeah. so that 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 might be my line though and that hurts me because I love a guy like Sharpie uh he, he was my he was my guy when I was growing up that was my favorite player I loved Patrick Sharp um Nicholas Chalmerson's contributions didn't always show up on the stat sheet but he was one of those guys if you want to make a basketball comparison, kind of like Joakim Noah, like the, the guy that, like, you know, does the little things right. That's what Chalmerson does. He does the little things right, gets gets his body on pucks, like was just a great defender. You never really worried about him when, you know, there's a, a wing coming down, he's defending. Like, yeah. you felt good about it. So, but that being said, guys like Sharp, um, guys like Chalmerson, um, Crawford's the one that's up in the air. Uh, that, that one could go back and forth. He's two-time cup winner as a goalie, as a starting goalie, arguably could have won one of the cons mice, you know, like I, that's another thing too. So, yep. ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably where I draw my line. Jimmy, where, where do you stand on these? And I want to see them all up there. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. see them all up there. Get, you know. Get get Nick Letty up there. No, just kidding. <laughs> get those guys. No, but I want I want to see all those legends in the and the Raptors. But where do you stand? Um, yeah. Where do you draw that line? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Taves and Kane will be shoe ins. Um, you know, they're you know your leader for you know I think the longest tenured captain. Uh, I want to say Taves in that regard, most winningest captain, no doubt in Blackhawks history with three Stanley Cups. So he's locked for sure. Um, Patrick Kane, no question. Um, probably the easiest point we've ever made on this podcast is to say mm-hmm. Patrick Kane's number will be, be retired by the Blackhawks one day. You know, those two guys are first ballot Hall of Famers, so 
you know, they'll be they'll be up in the United Center Raptors. Kane's argue, arguably, in, in my opinion, he is the, the best Blackhawk of all time um, just because he's playing in the best era ever. Um, he's done everything. You know, he's won Conn Smythe Awards. He's won um, MVPs, scoring titles, um, you know, three-time Stanley Cup winner, as we've been – as we keep saying. So he's kind of just the guy that's done it all. Um, so those two guys, Duncan Keith, in that same boat, like you mentioned, two-time Norris Trophy winner. He single-handedly, in my opinion, um, willed the Blackhawks to a Stanley Cup in 2015, probably the greatest playoff run by a defenseman um, up to that point, at least, in maybe NHL history, arguably. So um, his play was just unbelievable that season. Um, And then I do think that you will see Brent Seabrook's um, number in the Raptors as well, just because of you know, everybody in the organization for, you know, a decade plus was saying that he was, you know, other than Taves, he was the leader of that team. Um, Once he got that A, that alternate captain put on his sweater, they never took it away from him. And I think for good reason, you know, you think back to that uh, Detroit series that you were mentioning that he, uh, you know, scored the the OT winner in game seven. There was that moment where Taves was losing his cool. Uh, I don't remember if it was game three or four. It was one of those games in Detroit. No, he took three straight penalties, um, you know, put the Blackhawks shorthanded for a good chunk of the period. And, you know, there's always that shot where you um, you see Seabrook kind of go into the penalty box and kind of give Taves uh, a couple of pats in the helmet, you know, got Taves going, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had his captain's back. So it's just little things like that. And you mentioned the big goals that he scored. I remember that obviously that one that you had uh, talked about against Detroit um, later that uh, playoff run, actually, if you remember, in, in the Stanley Cup final against Boston, um, Blackhawks were down 2-1 uh, to one in the series on the road. Seabrook scored an overtime winner mm-hmm. there. Um, I kind of, you know, sent the series back even to Chicago, and they didn't look back from that moment. And then another one was in 2015 against Nashville. He scored another overtime winner. I think it was the third, third overtime period that uh, they were playing in. Uh, that put the Blackhawks up 3-1. to one. Um, so it's just things like that. Um, he never won the Norris trophy, but he was always putting his name in contention, at least, um, back in the day, he was the top shutdown pair defenseman. So I think that's where you start. Long story short, um, you know, two, seven, 19 and 88. And I think that's where you have to kind of draw the line. Um, just because one, you can't have everybody in there. You need to have, you need to have some, some numbers still available for the players to wear. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I love Nick Jalmerson. Look, if there was a if there was a def, uh, award for the best defensive defenseman in the NHL, he would have won multiple of those awards. But unfortunately, the Norris um, they take points into consideration and your offensive ability. And you know, he unfortunately um, not unfortunately, but he just didn't put up those big those big you know eye popping numbers um, that just mm-hmm. wasn't his role on the team. But you know, credit to Nick Jalmerson because. I mean, Keith and Seabrook, yeah, they were a shutdown pair, but when the game was on the line, like you want Nick Jalmerson out there. He was going to block a shot. He was going to, you know, tie the puck up along the wall, clear the zone, no problem. Like that was just what he did. And he had a great defensive pair, you know, Johnny Oduya, him and him yeah. and uh, Jalmerson and Oduya were, were a great tandem back, uh, back there on the blue line. So, you know, I, I would love to see Patrick Sharp's number up there because, you know, he was one of those first moves that kind of kick-started uh, the team back uh, on the rise. I remember when they acquired him, he was he was one of the up-and-comers, those young guys that were – here was a story that he would tell where 
he would stand at Union Station in Chicago and basically be handing out tickets to the Blackhawks game because <laughs> that's when nobody wanted to go because uh, there was the arena was a quarter of the way packed. But you know, he I'm not going to call Patrick Sharp a one-dimensional player because you know he was a he was a penalty kill guy. You know, he could play all areas, but he was out there primarily to to score goals, and that's what you need out of guys. But you know, he was a sharpshooter, and you know if there was maybe another element to his game, like a Marion Hosa, um, yeah. I think there's more of an argument there. That's not, that's not to take anything away from Patrick Sharp. No. Because, you know, he's a dynasty member. Like he'll always be remembered for, for his Blackhawks days. But uh, yeah, I just think, I, I think you stick with those four um, left to go along with Hosa. Now um, Corey Crawford is the best goalie and maybe not best goalie, but most successful goalie in Blackhawks history. Um with his two cup wins. And, you know, like you said, he probably should have won a con smite in there. I think even Kane admitted that he snubbed Crawford that one year where, where Kane won it. But um, yeah, I just think, yeah. that, you know, we're not even taking into some of those, some of the names of the past, like a Steve Larmer, who, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of older Blackhawks fans want to want to see up there one day too. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that's where you have to kind of, kind of draw the line i think there's going to be five from those uh from those dynasty years that uh that we'll see we'll see one day yeah and uh probably not too distant in the future that we see keith and seabrook up there hopefully we see a little bit more play out of taves and kane <laughs> beyond i don't know season, how much but, more <laughs> yeah I, we'll see we'll see the season started off well this year but uh now they've, they've kind of gone on a little bit of a, a bad streak here with only a couple wins in their past 10 games so um yeah that's kind of a long story short there um yeah. But they're all they're all deserving of the props. So we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. I would say <laughs> absolutely. And the the memories they gave us, they'll they'll last a lifetime, and they'll they'll always be remembered for those runs for sure. Like when people look back on those three Stanley Cup runs, they're not just going to look at the guys that are up, you know, numbers retired, but they'll look at they'll still look at those guys, you know, obviously like the guys like Sharp and Chalmerson, and even the role guys, you know, like Dave Bolin, Brian Bickle, um, you know, uh, Marcus Kruger, even you know, on the penalty kill, like we'll we'll still remember those types of names. Like is and. Michael Froelich, we were just talking about him. Yep. <laughs> like he yep. was such a big, he was such a big part of that uh, run and the penalty kills. So those those guys will still be remembered through Blackhawks history. Um, hopefully, it's just yeah, you got to draw a line somewhere because there still needs to be jerseys available. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. uh, it's uh, yeah, it's hard. It's it's definitely hard because they 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 contributed a lot, but. Yeah, you just gotta find a spot where you need to stop. So yep. we'll see how it but you will see how it all plays out. You never know what uh the Hawks will decide going forward. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's those guys that were around for two cups, you know, like you like you had mentioned, uh, you know, Marcus Kruger, um, Dave Bolin was around for the first two, then a guy like Brandon Saad who was around for the last mm-hmm. two. But you know, either way, either way you wanna look at it, those were the guys that were around for for the glory years of the Chicago Blackhawks, you know. 100 year history so you know those get those names aren't aren't going to be forgotten regardless of you know if their jersey numbers are hanging in the united center rafters one day or not but uh hopefully in the future here we can get some more guys in in chicago playing for the blackhawks that we'll see yeah we'll see what number in the future (laughs) we'll see what number Connor bedard uh, wears when he gets here i don't know what number exactly (laughs) <laughs> if the Hawks can get out of this tank, man, they're actually pretty close. Though I was just looking at the standings; they're not they're, they're within reach of the number yeah. one pick. Still, they're 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 still playing at the bottom. I was a little scared to start the season because they started out so hot, but they've kind of fallen off. I, I'm not not cheering for them. To lose. I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. They, there's there's one goal this season, and that goal is to go get the top franchise changing prospects. So, exactly. and if they can't accomplish that, then 
we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> we can we might be set back a few years. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, eventually we'll stop living in the past and start looking towards the future. But right now, it's it's kind of hard not to look back. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be looking forward to going to the United Center the next time and looking up and seeing that number eighty one, um, and kind of remembering everything that he was doing for our team, all the memories that he gave us. Um, you know, it's never going to be, never going to be forgotten. And now it's commemorated forever. You know, we'll never be able to go to United Center game. And I know with Bulls, Blackhawks specifically, and not see the number 81 up there. And well-deserved honor for Marion Hosa. Great move by the Blackhawks. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, forever, forever commemorated, like I said. So we will check out now. Uh, we'll be back soon on here. Maybe some more Blackhawks content. You know, we got some seasons in full swing here. So we'll be back here with more content soon. Lakeshore Sports.